Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So you're a tough guy, like you're really rough guy. Just can't get enough guy, just always so puff guy. I'm that bad guy, make Welcome to episode 11 of Jamie All Over. Today I'm joined by a vegan queen. Her name is Marissa Underwood, and she was a Miss USA competitor as Miss Montana. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and controversial, I must say, but in the best way possible, making her mark as an animal rights activist. Welcome. Thank you so much. We got to stick together. absolutely I think I saw you on something with whether it was like Jane Unchained or Mm. one of the vegan news networks Mm -hmm. I saw an interview that you did and I was like that's amazing that she's using her platform for animal rights and to promote a vegan diet I just love this person already you know it's like anyone who fights for animals already I just assume they're an amazing person (laughs) yeah so I did mention that you were controversial (laughs) (laughs) say the least (laughs) there was a change.org petition to try to get you removed as Miss Montana can you let us know why (laughs) yeah and it really started in such a simple way on my end I made this post I actually went to SoCal Veg Fest when I was visiting Southern California and living in Montana at the time, I took a photo in front of the Daya, you know, they had a big Daya area, the cheese, and I made a post on Instagram and said, here are the top 10 ways that you can be more sustainable. And number one happened to be adopt a whole foods plant-based diet. And then I talked about secondhand clothes, walking, taking the train, voting for legislators, etc. But the first one really made some people mad and somebody commented on it and said, how does eating a plant-based diet benefit the planet. And I was like, I'm so glad that you asked. And so I just started to share a lot of studies and information on my story, the Miss Montana USA story. I remember at the time I posted the story and I went into class, like an hour and a half class. And then I looked at my phone when I walked out and was like, what is going on? Oh my gosh. Hundreds of comments, hundreds of messages. People were just losing their minds. I was getting tagged in Instagram stories of people being like, who is this Miss Montana? Why is she talking against animal agriculture? She's saying that it's bad to eat meat. She's saying that cows are destroying the planet, et cetera, et cetera. I remember calling my director and she was like, just kind of stick your head in the sand for a couple days. It'll blow over. It did not blow over at all. It got bigger and bigger and bigger because me I didn't totally stick my head in the sand. I didn't like continue that heavily, but I responded to people. And so it just blew up and was on the news within the next 24 to 48 hours. And the change.org petition came up and 
they put a photo of Grace, who was Miss Montana 2019, the year before me. They put a photo of her on the change.org petition. Oh my goodness. So we were able to get it taken down because they put her on it. Okay. And then it got up the next day and they were like, oh, where'd the petition go? And I was like, you put Grace on it. You didn't put me. So now I'm on it and it still exists. And actually, after I competed at Miss USA, I went to the petition and I commented and I just said, hee hee. (laughs) It must have also been hard and maybe scary for you. Were you actually thinking you had a chance of losing your title? Yes. Oh, I just got chills saying that actually. Mm. Um, Yes, there were a couple days where I was really, really nervous. And there's also another aspect of I am not born and raised in Montana. I moved to Montana. And so that was a big thing that a California girl moved to Montana, won Miss Montana, which I was not the first and I will not be the last. If you do any research in pageants, you know exactly what I'm talking about, but I'm not going to like even go into it that aggressively. But I'll just say it really quickly for you. It's a thing. And the, the law is what? You only have to live there three months? Yep. And then you can compete in that state. And that's the law. So if people don't like it, they just need to change the laws because you did everything you were supposed to do. Yeah. Thank you for knowing that too. Mm -hmm. Most people are like, you don't have to be born and raised there. And it's like, no. And the thing that also frustrates me is our governor was not born in Montana. And yet the same people who ostracize me for talking about veganism are the same people who love Gianforte, who's not a Montanan. So Mm -hmm. excuse me, your logic is, yeah, just doesn't add up. (laughs) Yes, totally. Was this a strategic move on your part to do Montana? Like, how did that come about? Because you were born in Sacramento Uh and then moved to Montana. Was it, we not want to talk about this? You know what? We can because, (laughs) because I'm at the point in my life where I'm just down to say whatever it is. And this is exactly what happened. I will just be totally forthcoming because it's, I mean, it's tea, but like, it's the truth, whatever. I competed at Miss California USA a couple times. Obviously never won. It's one of the most competitive states for a good reason. And I competed. And then my coach at the time, I was talking to her and I was sad, you know, I'm 20, whatever. I was 26, 27. It was going to be my last year of eligibility. And I was like, I have to move states because I want to go to Miss USA so badly. I need to do what tons of other women have done before me. And I was going to pick Washington. So my coach said, actually, the director of Washington was your judge at Miss California this past weekend. I'm going to give you her phone number and you call her. Well, the director of Washington is also the director of Idaho, Oregon, and mm, Montana. And so she was really, really lovely, very, very nice to me, very welcoming. She said to me, Washington is my most competitive state. If you want to win, go to Montana. Wow. There you go. That's it. I don't know if that's going to piss anybody off if they hear it, but this is exactly what happened to me. This is the organization. This is a very, very real thing where... And you're not the only one who does it. No, not at all. And unfortunately, Montana's kind of been hit harder by the state hopping. It's like in the recent years, three out of the four have been state hoppers. Oh, really? Yeah. They didn't have a problem with them because they weren't vegans, Right, correct? right, right, right. And But there is, so Danny Walker, who was 2018, she got a lot of hate too. Danny and I had the same title of San Diego Cities. We both competed in California as well and held a local title that was the same one. She moved to Montana, had family in Montana, and she was honestly somebody that I looked to and like followed her path to get there. So it's something that, you know, we don't love to talk about in pageants, but it's just it's just the raw truth. It's just what happens. And, you know, it's so competitive and it's so hard to get there that in my eyes, 
I really applaud the people who are willing to, I uprooted my entire life and moved to a state where I barely knew anybody for this reason. That's how dedicated I was to it. And I think that that's commendable. You know, I understand people's anger and frustration, but I also am like, yeah, I did what I had to do. (laughs) I love all the attention that you brought to our cause, Mm -hmm. (laughs) really. And I just, I love to see anyone using their platform for this. When you put up that post under the dia sign talking about top 10 things you can do, Mm -hmm. I have to think that one, you probably didn't know that it would blow up the way that it did, but also was that a big part of why you wanted to have a platform? Yeah, it's just always been a part of me. And I think I'm I'm almost to eight years or I'm at eight years. And it was something even when I was vegetarian in high school and I didn't understand the magnitude of the dairy industry. Like I can still feel the anger that I felt in high school. I was in Future Farmers of America when people m- would make fun of me because I just thought that it was wrong. Like I still to this day feel that anger. And so I thought we're supposed to have a platform. We're supposed to have something that we're supposed to care about and talk about. It couldn't be anything else. There's nothing else that could take that place. It was the only thing that could come out of my mouth. And so when I made that post, it was just second nature to me. Right. So you mentioned that you didn't know the extent of the dairy industry when you were a vegetarian. I was in the same boat. I became a vegetarian when I was like six years old because I was watching Charlotte's Web Mm. and (laughs) Wilbur and Charlotte. And I fell in love with Wilbur. And that night, my dad was cooking ham. Mm. Right. And I'm going to call it fate. Because that's when it clicked for me. Mm. And I said, wait a minute, that's Wilbur. And that pig was killed for my dinner, but I don't need to have a pig killed for me. I can eat Mm. something else. Mm -hmm. And so I said this out loud to my dad as he was like cooking it in front of me. Mm. And he goes, well, don't be a hypocrite. Be a vegetarian. Oh, nice. Okay, dad. Right? I'm like, I knew what the word hypocrite meant at that age, but I didn't know what vegetarian six. What? Yeah, and I didn't wow. know, but I didn't know what vegetarian meant. Yeah. So I said, "What's that?" And he goes, "It means you don't eat meat." And mm. I'm like, "Okay, I'll do that." Wow. And that was my decision process. And so the last time you ate meat, you were six years old. Yes. Holy cow! But I didn't realize the destruction right. of dairy right, until. Right. Only years ago, really. Mm. I thought I was doing the right thing. I, mm-hmm. I just thought in my head, I'm not killing animals. Yep. It wasn't until I got involved in animal rights. Mm-hmm. And it was just through that work that I then finally became aware of how awful dairy is to the point where it's almost more torturous than the meat industry. I agree. Yeah, I agree with you. And it's so, much, it's so bad for our health on top of it. So that's when I became vegan was several years ago. Mm. But yeah, vegetarian most of my life. How did you discover the destruction of dairy? How awful it is? It's in like a weird way. So not eating meat was very animal rights for me. And that was from FFA. And then when I was probably like 20 or 19, I had really bad acne. And nothing I could do could get rid of it. I tried everything. And I was looking up ways to get rid of your acne. And to not eat dairy was on it. I was like, okay, I've tried everything under the sun. I'll try to stop eating dairy. And so I cut dairy out, started reading all these articles. And actually at that point, I was still, I was eating meat. So I was vegetarian on and off for a long time. And then I was either 19 or 20, decided to stop eating dairy. When I was looking up recipes and substitutes and everything, that's when I really kind of took a pause and was like, why am I eating any of this anyways? And it just kind of clicked for me where I was like, okay, 
I'm done. This mm-hmm. is disgusting. Mm-hmm. And yeah, dairy to me is repulsive. I would eat meat in an instant before any, you know, if I had to, um, mm-hmm. before yeah. I would eat any kind of dairy. Yeah. I don't think people even know what's in it. Mm. Even just like the pus that's in milk. Yeah. The hormones, all the antibiotics, mm. you know, and then there's a whole scare of people getting antibiotic resistance within the yeah. next few years. And it's going to be worse than any pandemic. Mm-hmm. It's going to be something where someone gets infected. You can't treat it with antibiotics. It's We're going to go back to like the dark ages mm. with things like that. Yeah. And that's all because they pump these antibiotics. I think 80% of our country's supply goes to the sick animals mm-hmm. to keep them alive just long enough to get what we need from them. Terrifying. So it's, it's terrifying. Why? It's awful. Even with eggs, I knew what happened in the egg industry and I didn't stop when I knew. I hate that I didn't stop when I knew because this was probably 15 years ago. And I was a personal trainer at the time. And one of my clients was reading a book called Skinny Bitch. Mm, mm-hmm. And in that book, they go through the whole dairy industry and what happens with eggs and how all of the male chicks are basically ground up alive, put through like a wood chipper or a macerator because they're not female and they have no use for them. Even though I knew this, I would still eat eggs. But eventually when I became vegan, I cut that out too. But I want people to know that that's what's happening. And it's crazy that this is not common knowledge, that even just putting some milk in your coffee is causing a calf to be stolen from its mother and killed. I think people know, and I think people just don't care. I think they're waking up. Oat milk is amazing. It's delicious. Like, you don't need half and half, right? Yeah. We don't need it. Yeah. The reason I even say that, too, is I have to order groceries for my boss. Okay. And she orders cheese and milk, and it's really hard for me. And my coworker, he asked me, he's like, oh, what kind of milk did she order today? Is it oat milk or regular milk? And I was like, it's cow's milk. (laughs) And he was so happy about it. He was so, because he likes the taste of cow's milk. And I said something sassy, kind of rude and was like, oh, well, enjoy, you know, whatever I said. Mm -hmm. And he literally was like, I don't care. He was like, I don't care if they're tortured. I don't care if they're in pain. I don't care. Okay. Those are the people that I don't understand. I don't get it. Those are the types of people that for a long time when I became vegan would keep me up at night because I'm watching the documentaries. I see what's happening. Mm -hmm. It just, for the longest time, it made me depressed to think that there's a big chunk of humanity that does not care because I'm like, how am I living among people in this world Mm. that don't care, Mm. that have no heart in that respect? (sighs) Yeah. So for the longest time, it was very, very difficult when I first became vegan. And I've tried to figure out a way to deal with it. And I try to compartmentalize and just focus on the good and all the good that is happening and the changes that we are making. Mm -hmm. And I can't think about all of those people that are contributing to this. Do you deal with that? Completely. I'm actually glad that you brought this up because this is something I've been dealing with more intensely lately. And I've been trying to get out of it. Mm -hmm. I've been sadder than usual. I've had a lot of like sad things happen in the last couple of weeks. And I've just been having a hard time with dealing with watching other people eat animals. And I have a very close friend group. I had one vegetarian friend and he's no longer vegetarian in that friend group. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I lost my ally there and everybody else is very, very meat heavy. So I've actually had to withdraw myself a little bit from my closest friend group because of their food choices. It breaks my heart. It makes me so angry. And I even watched a video with Earthling Ed today where he was talking about how important it is to remain hopeful and remain positive Mm -hmm. and not look at people in a negative light just because they're 
still eating animals. I was like, but how do you do it? Tell me how you do it. He's on a whole other level. Yeah, I don't get it. I wish I had his patience. Mm. That's his gift. That's his talent is the way he's able to have discussions with people, with meat eaters, even people who just say, I don't care. I don't care. He is able to have an amazing conversation. And I wish I could do that, but I don't think I'm there yet. I don't know how he, like I, I watched the video today and there was a moment where I could see that he was super annoyed, but did not let it actually come out. He didn't verbalize it. You could just like see in his eyes that he's like, this is absurd. Yeah, so definitely, I think we all just look to him as like, this is what we should be, but never will be. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Like him, like even Joey Carbstrong, the way he- I like that he's- more upfront though. I'm definitely on the like the Joey kind mm-hmm. of like you're fucking killing somebody. Stop it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. he's also able to remain patient mm-hmm. when faced with these people who are almost heckling him to yes. a degree. Yeah. On the other side of it, I'm just like, where are the women? Yes, I have thought this so many times, and I have been so compelled to be like, okay, me, I'll be the woman. And right. then I, I'm very very sensitive and I'm very emotional, and I just know that some man is going to come up to me and make fun of me and try to push me around and I'm going to crack. <laughs> and <laughs> I just, I don't know that I'd be able to handle that. I wish one of them would do a course for us to take, you know, <laughs> yeah. and like we could do like <laughs> scenarios yeah. and like act it out and stuff because mm. I don't have that patience and I want it so bad so yeah. I could be a bigger voice for mm. the animals. I love what they're doing, but we need some women we, doing this yeah. as well. Yeah, we really do. Yeah. So you've been struggling a little bit lately then to get back to that with your friend group, would you say, or just humanity in general? Humanity in general. Definitely the friend group is, you know, the micro of it all. It's what's right in front of my face. And I see these people that I love more than anything and I adore them. And then I I don't get to go to their birthday dinners because I take myself out of the situation because it's too hard for me. But yeah, I've been definitely sad and I've I've lost a few people and like acquaintances to suicide recently. And it's oh, I'm sorry. Just been like a rough month considering humanity. Yeah. yeah. And at first when I was like, this pandemic is because humans think it's okay to eat animals. Mm-hmm. And I was so angry. Mm. But I was like, can we look at the cause of pandemics? And can we focus on mm. what's going to cause the next one? Because they're not going to stop. Yeah. And the next one will come. It will probably be worse. Yeah. Yeah. No one's talking about what you're eating. Huh? No one's. Ta- and it's like, if they're mm. really that concerned about our health, mm. why are they not talking about this? Yeah. What could have caused it? What's definitely going to cause the next one? And how you can be healthier. Healthier. Oh, yeah. Because if they have to change, that means that they were doing something wrong before. And the worst thing in the world you can be as human is wrong, right? Mm -hmm. We have this total reaction of never wanting to be wrong, especially now. Like the power that it takes for people to be able to say, yes, I see this new information and I change my mind. That is a genius to me. That is the sign of the highest level of intelligence Mm. for someone to be so Mm open-minded to say, I'm presented with new information, I will change my mind, and to be enlightened to the point where your ego is not attached. Mm. If you take your ego out of it and you just say, show me new information and I'm open to changing my mind. Yes. So you're sitting here with your adorable dog on your lap. (laughs) She's whining. (laughs) And everybody loves their dogs and their cats and their pets. So many of those people will say, I'm an animal lover. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Would you agree? (laughs) You can't love animals and eat them. 
no, of course not. And this is, it's funny because on a couple months ago, I was really into LinkedIn. I was trying to find a job. And so I was looking at all these fancy people's LinkedIn's and on the bottom of their pages, it would say causes I care about. Everybody has animal welfare. Everyone does. And I was like, you're not vegan. You're not vegan. You're not vegan. You're not vegan. And yet you tell me you care about animal welfare. It's this conundrum that I just cannot wrap my head around at all. They don't even see the correlation. Mm -hmm. I brought up speciesism, which basically means you would never, in this country, we would never think to eat a dog or a cat. Mm -hmm. There are pets and we have love for them. We can't even imagine the thought of them going to a slaughterhouse and having their throat slit and then or their skin ripped off or their flesh eaten. That thought really bothers people. Mm. But to people who realize that we feel that same way about every single animal, Mm -hmm. the same way that someone who is a meat eater and a pet lover, Mm. the same way they would feel about that happening to their dog is how we feel about it happening to every single other animal. Yeah. And that's what speciesism is. It's like saying one animal has more rights or is more deserving to live than another. Mm. And then people might even say like, well, it goes by intelligence. Which is, which is not true. It's, no. it's not true because there's humans who can be brain dead. So mm. should we eat them? Right, right, right. Yeah. That human could be less intelligent than a pig who shares the same intelligence as a three-year-old child. Mm-hmm. So we can't base it on intelligence. Mm-hmm. This whole aspect of speciesism needs to be talked about. Mm-hmm. I don't think that people get it. And I think that a lot of it too is when people hear a new word that we've kind of created for our cause, people want to be against us kind of no matter what in a weird way. And so I think when we come up with our own terminology and we talk about animals in a more human way, people really don't like that because they want this hierarchy of people have to be above animals. And, you know, we choose cats and dogs and horses because they're cute and they're fuzzy and they kind of do what we say. And then when you get into the broader part of more farm animals, they're not always the cleanest and they're not always the fluffiest and they're a little dirty sometimes. And it's like, those are the animals that get shoved to the side. But if you even talk about like the Yule and Dog Festival, they also eat cats and as Americans, we're usually so disgusted mm-hmm. by that. And it's like trying to get people to just see that it's the same thing. Yeah. They see dogs there as we see cows and pigs. Okay. So I don't want to alienate people listening to this. I'm well aware that the majority of my audience is not vegan. Mm-hmm. But I also am well aware that they're very open-minded. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have DM'd me saying that they're cutting this out or they're cutting that out or they'll ask me for tips like, hey, what butter can I use that, you know, what's your favorite vegan butter? And they'll ask Mm. for tips. And I love that. I don't think anyone needs to go vegan right away. That'd be Mm. amazing. But I also want to celebrate and tell everyone that I'm so proud of them for even making those small changes Mm. along the way. And more times than not, it's just a process for them. And they'll do one thing and then the next and the next. And then I'll get that DM like, hey, guess what? My family and I are fully vegan now. We did it. It's just amazing. Do you get a lot of people, I would imagine, reaching out to you and saying that you've inspired them as well? I actually recently got a message. So when everything was happening, what is this, 2019, everything's coming through, I'm getting flooded. I also got a lot of really, really kind people, a lot of positive feedback too from the vegan side and even the non-vegan side of people just saying, I totally believe in you. And I had, and I had no idea she was only 14 at the time, but I had had a young girl DM me 
and say that she was interested in being vegan and just wanted to talk to me more. And she's like, hey, you know, I'm a freshman and I go to this high school in Montana. It's a very, very small town. Probably only a couple thousand people live here. I feel really alienated by my family. And I just started talking to this girl for years at this point, because oh, this wow. was 2019. Her and I, we still follow each other on Instagram. And the other day she messaged me and she said, hey, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm going to start crying saying this. She oh. said, hey, I just want to let you know, I moved to Boise. I left my family, you know, I'm God, how old? 17 now or whatever it is. You know, I left my family and I was finally able to get away and I'm vegan and you were a huge part in that. She said something like, you have no idea the impact that you had on me because you helped me get out of an abusive family relationship. And my mom used to kind of make fun of me and say that all I wanted to be was be vegan and be like Miss Montana. And then she said, no, Miss Montana taught me that I can be whoever I want to be and say whatever I want to say because I believe in that and I'm allowed to use my voice to say that. I'm literally going to start crying. Oh, Oh my gosh. And I was like, I had no idea. And she started telling me about her family and how her parents were abusive to her. And she was like, I would just see your posts and I would hear what you say. And it resonated with me so much. So I just moved and I left them behind and I'm vegan now. And I was like, oh my God, like I really took a step back and realized the magnitude that mm-hmm. you can have on people's lives. Like Absolutely. that's wild to me. It's amazing. I want to cry to that too. I, yeah. And I'm like replaying it in my head. And I remember when she first messaged me, I was like, oh, this is really interesting. Like she was very engaging. She asked me so many questions. She would DM me after she'd get home from school and be like, my teacher said this to me today. What do I say back? And I was like, ooh, let's break it down. Like, <laughs> amazing. We just had so many conversations and, you know, so many more things like that. When I was giving up my title, So the new Miss Montana 2021 was coming in. I had this girl come up to me at the pageant and she said, hey, I want to let you know that me and my whole family are vegetarian now because of you, because of seeing what you posted. And every time I hear that, holy cow, okay, like this matters. And I really hate social media too. The only form of social media I have is Instagram. And even with that, I still, I still really don't like it. And I, the last couple of months have really fallen off on the activism. I've been like really tired. People were just kind of always mean to me. I'm kind of feeling like I have to start picking it up again because I just was quiet for a couple months and was like, oh, I'm tired. I think that's okay. It's okay to kind of like retreat and pull back and regroup, Mm -hmm. you know, and gather your strength again. Mm -hmm. And then when you feel that fire again, that desire to go back, then that's when you go. But you have to be healthy first. That's most important. Social media breaks are amazing. Mm, Yes. So speaking of social media, I got a lot of questions for you. Good, good. A couple of general ones that I got a lot of. What is the difference between cruelty-free makeup or vegan makeup? Great question. Very important. So cruelty-free makeup means that the ingredients and the final product have not been tested on animals. And a lot of people, I don't think they fully realize what it means to have a product tested on animals. And usually it means that they'll take like the mascara and they'll put it in the eyes of a rabbit or a guinea pig or something like that. They're literally trying to see if there are allergic reactions. And we have learned that animal testing is not relevant to humans, like we're beyond that. And so what's frustrating is that there's legislation that has passed in the United States, California has it, and a couple other states have banned animal testing for cosmetics. However, 
That doesn't mean that it's banned everywhere. That doesn't mean that you can walk into any store in California and all the products are cruelty-free. That's not what that means. So the overarching understanding of whether something is cruelty-free or not, usually we look at what's happening in mainland China because that is, I think, the only country that requires animal testing for all of its products to be sold in mainland China. We can look at, you know, Maybelline. Maybe they're not testing it in the United States, but when they sell it in China, they are paying the Chinese government to test these products and these ingredients on animals. So people who are truly cruelty-free will not purchase these products. And then vegan means that the actual ingredients inside of the makeup products or the skincare products have no animal products whatsoever. So like a conundrum in this is Burt's Bees is cruelty-free, but it's Burt's Bees, there's honey in it, so it's not vegan. Right. So that confuses some people. Right. And then something can be vegan, but be tested on animals, so then it's not cruelty-free, so then we don't take part in any of it at all. Ideally, we want vegan and cruelty-free yeah. Does that mean it needs to be a brand that doesn't sell at all in China? Correct. Okay. There is new law. There's a new law that's getting through China. It's a little bit confusing to where they can now sell it, I believe, online and ship it into China and then it can go around the animal testing. So for a minute, for a minute, people were saying that Charlotte Tilbury was no longer cruelty free because they were... I believe shipping in products, but not selling them in a storefront. So they were able to get around the animal testing law. So I believe that Charlotte Tilbury is still in the clear, that we're still good on that one. Okay. About a year ago, I bought an eyeshadow palette by mm -hmm. Natasha Denona. Mm -hmm. I don't know what came over me, but I just assumed it was vegan and cruelty-free and mm -hmm. I didn't check first. Mm -hmm. And then I opened the packaging and I had this weird intuition to go look up the ingredients mm -hmm. and to check it to make sure it really was. Yeah. I discovered that it, in fact, was not vegan and the coloring used was crushed up bugs. Yeah. Carmine for the red. Yeah. I never knew before that like that was even a thing. Right. You know, and then I returned it back to Sephora and they said, what's wrong with it? I said, this is not vegan. I don't want this. So yeah. I made it a point to let them know why I was returning it. Good. Yeah. Do you know any other makeup brands that use those crushed up bugs? So the eyeshadow is the single hardest product to find, in my opinion. Okay. I had to kind of go around the palette sphere and instead I would mix up different bronzers. The lighter colors are a lot more vegan friendly, but it mm -hmm. is those those reds, those deep mauves, those are all carmine. That's a very, very tricky one to get around. And are there any specific brands you can think of that you know are definitely cruelty-free and vegan? I think everything in formerly known as, you know, Kat Von D's, KVD Beauty Now, I think that entire line is vegan. I believe Milk Makeup is, there's a lot of individuals from like Anastasia Beverly Hills that are vegan, but if you're going to go in any of the dark colors, you're kind of SOL. Pacifica is entirely vegan. I believe NYX has quite a few palettes that are also vegan, but not everything in NYX is vegan, but very close. What kind of foundation do you wear? So I use actually one that has been discontinued, disappointingly. 
Becca Cosmetics, they had their uphill and their glory, and then it just died. I don't know. Becca really, I believe they're going out of business. Oh, no. The foundation is no longer available, so that's very upsetting. What um, are you going to do? Cry? <laughs> um, I actually don't know. I have not been wearing foundation much at all lately, so I'm really nowhere near running out of it. I've just not been buying makeup lately at all. It was like after I went to Miss USA, I was like, I don't need makeup for the rest of my life. Like I right? have so much. <laughs> stuff i do not need it smashbox i believe is vegan is benefit i feel like benefit, benefit is. is not cruelty it's free. not mm -hmm. okay am i thinking of is it two-faced two-faced is yes two-faced okay. is cruelty free i don't know that their whole line is vegan a lot of times you can't actually source the ingredients Ugh. so there's this website that i use for makeup products called veganingredientchecker.com okay and you can put in the product it'll tell you what it is and where it comes from, where it's sourced. And what I found is, especially in drugstore products, it would say unable to source this ingredient because hmm. it could be the vegetable version or it could be oh. the, the animal version. Interesting. So there's a lot of like synthetics used in makeup. A lot of things are completely chemical. And that's why like this whole clean beauty trend, I do not support because there are so many amazing makeup and skincare products that are created chemically without any animal products. And a lot of times the clean beauty has things like beeswax and lanolin and all these other products that make it not vegan friendly. It's like, there's really nothing wrong with preservatives and, and some form of chemicals. There's nothing wrong with it. In my eyes, my opinion. The term clean, what does it even mean? Well, there's no, yeah, there's no definition for it. It's not governed in any way. It's yeah. not, there's no policy for it. It's just people make, it's Gwyneth Paltrow making shit up. It's, <laughs> that's it. Like I won't even buy, even if a goop product is good, I won't buy it because it's just so filled with misinformation, mm -hmm. that company. <laughs> okay, moving on to the next question that I got for you. They did ask what your favorite makeup brands were, but I feel like we kind of just covered that unless mm. there's anything you left out that you want to, that's a standout for you. Uh I really like out like specifics. I really love the Hourglass mascara. That's great. Oh, what is Selena Gomez's new beauty line? Rare. Rare. I think that whole line is vegan. Yes. Rare beauty is that whole line is vegan. Yes. That one's really, really good. And then I really do love Charlotte Tilbury, even though it's so expensive. And then NYX has really great dupes for Charlotte Tilbury lip liners. Nice. Okay. What is the hardest part of being vegan? I say airports. Ooh, oh my gosh. See, I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna say, I was gonna go into like an emotional thing and okay. say watching my friends eat meat yes, in front of my face. Yes. I went more practical. Yeah. But yes. <laughs> yeah, I was like watching the world burn. I'm like, you could eat anything else, and you still pick the nastiest food that's gonna kill. Oh my gosh. Um, yes, airports are awful, and I have cried in airports before. There was one time where I was traveling a lot within a couple months. Like I was on so many flights. I am not a preparer. Me neither. I don't prepare my own food. I am not gonna make a sandwich and bring it. I just um, assume I'll find it. And then when I don't, I freak out. <laughs> right, 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 right. And I don't know why in my brain I don't just become more prepared, yes. but I can't. I just can't. You know, I had the same conversation with myself <laughs> as I was. This was hilarious. So I, I was just traveling somewhat recently and 
I went to, you know, one of those convenience stores because there's no restaurants that had anything vegan. Mm -hmm. So you go into like one of the bookstores and you get like the yes. water and the cliff bar and a banana, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Those, um, you get the the pecans too, the, like the $9 bag yes. of pecans. Yes. Mm -hmm. I saw this couple carrying the same food items that I was and yeah. I look at them and I'm like, vegans? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like thinking to myself, why do I expect anything better at an airport? Like I right. know the deal already. And I just have this strange hope that I'm going to find this wonderful vegan restaurant in an airport and it's not happening anytime soon. And then mm. I have the idea, I'm like, we should open a sugar taco in airports. That would be amazing. <gasps> That's such a good idea. Every time I'm in an airport, I get that idea and then I forget about it until I just thought of it again. There used to be a real food daily at the LAX Are you serious? and it's gone now. I don't know why. Airport prices are so crazy. Yeah. It's like they have their own economy in there right. somehow because you're stuck. <laughs> You're trapped. But then on top of it, real food daily, I always thought was pricey for what it, it was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's probably like double in the airport of what we were used to spending in WeHo. Are they still in La Cienega? I think they're still there. I think so, yeah. Yeah. So, okay, that leads me to my next question. What are some of your favorite vegan restaurants? Fully vegan or like ones that have my favorite options? Both. Okay, so my favorite non-vegan restaurant that has a vegan option is Sweet Green. Crossroads, definitely up there. I love Gracias Madre. It's just the ambiance of it too. Just gets me every time. I have to interrupt you hmm. and say, yes, the ambiance is beautiful, but I've never had a meal there that I've enjoyed. So you're going to have oh, to tell me okay. what to order mm. because I've been there a handful of times and I've never liked what I've gotten. Mm. I've heard that from a lot of people, really? honestly. Yeah. But it's they're beautiful spaces. Like yeah. I love the way they look. Okay, what else? Because you're not mentioning one that I'm hoping you're going to mention. I actually don't eat out all that often. <laughs> Beelman's, even though I think they have one item on the menu that's not vegan now all of a sudden. But Beelman's is one of my favorite places to go. It's a sports bar downtown. I've never heard of it. Oh my God, it's right next to Exchange. Okay. The club down yeah. there. It's just bar food. Okay. Uh, they have a huge TV if you like sports. They have the sound on for big games. It's just really fun. Um, little half inside, outside one. Nice. I'm trying to think. Oh, my God. Pura Vida. Pura Vida yes. is definitely one of my favorites. Cruiser Pizza. Oh, my God. If you have not had the barbecue chicken cruiser pizza with the cheese sticks. Oh, my goodness. I haven't been there. Wow. So we need to exchange restaurants. Yes. Because you probably have some that I have never been to either. So what are yours? Can we just say, like, what glass you're drinking out of Oh, at the didn't I say sugar taco? No. Oh, sugar taco. I swore I said that at the beginning. That was before we started. And I don't know if I'm going to keep that. Oh, 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 oh gotcha. <laughs> so before I was like, well, you still haven't mentioned one that I'm waiting to hear. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. yes and then yes. you went into, like, some other one. I'm like, she's not going to say it, is ah. she? <laughs> some of mine. Let me think. Okay, so there is... A sushi place across from Pura Vida. I think it's called Love and WeHo or just Love. Oh my God, yes. Love Organics. Oh my God, yes. And then sticking on the sushi thing, Shoujin? Mm. If there's one downtown, there's one in, in Culver City. I've only been to the one in downtown. I think oh. it's called Shoujin. Okay, I haven't been there. It's phenomenal. Huh. They do like this vegan baked scallop roll and like oh. next, next level. Yeah. I want to open a vegan sushi place. Oh. Yeah. Within the next few years. Did you see that post today that I just put on my stories that the oceans are basically going to be fishless by 2046? Mm -hmm. it, or, no, 2048. Yeah. We have 26 years, people, to get with it or else we're all going to die. I've already come to terms with death. Really? That sounds so messed. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's kind of where my brain has been lately, where it's like, we are just heading down. Down like what's going to like what is it like we're going to have five years left and then all of a sudden everyone's going to become vegan like what no. what's going to happen no I genuinely and this may be very pessimistic I genuinely do not think that we will change and I don't think that we're going to be dead in 20 years I think that we will have depleted, it'll take a while yeah for we us will to have depleted you know, everything yeah we will unfortunately be the last ones to survive because we have all these resources but we're going to have to watch everybody else die off. I mean, we're kind of already doing that. We're watching everybody else go through these huge natural disasters. And I mean, we have a lot of them too, but we have the resources to be able to overcome them. But then we look at other countries and we're like, oh, hmm, pray for blah, 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 but I'm going to go have a steak. Oh my God, pray for the Amazon, but McDonald's sounds so good. Like I don't have a whole lot of faith in humanity and I want to so bad. Okay. <laughs> this is what I'm getting from you is that I feel like you're in a cycle at the moment. You're at that point that I was at where I was losing my faith in humanity as well. Mm-hmm. And then something happens, that cycle starts over again. And I hope I'm making sense. Mm, but yeah. there are things that will flow back into your life that give you that hope again. Mm -hmm. We need that hope because that's what we're fighting for. When we talk about animal rights and plant-based diets, and it's not just, it is for the animals, but it's for humans. It's for 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 everything. And if anyone listening with children, it's most importantly for your children. Right. That's a big, scary thing. Yeah. Is, am I going to bring children into this? That is a fate so cruel. To say, I know that this world is going aggressively downhill and I'm going to bring you into this shit. I think so many people are so oblivious and I am shocked that this isn't more of a conversation right now. Right. Yeah. This pandemic that we're faced with, it's right in front of our faces and it's all people can focus on. If you look at the bigger picture, we only have 26 years. Mm-hmm. To make some moves. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's get on it, people. Yeah. Okay. No more doom and gloom. I know. Next, as next. I say these things, I'm like, oh, no, but they're, they're my authentic feelings. No, I, I love it. Like, say whatever you are feeling. Absolutely. But I'm just switching yes, the question yes, yes. at the moment. What are your favorite things to cook? I'm really into stir fries. Mm. So I just like to pour a ton of vegetables into my little pan. And I am such a sucker for tempeh. I will do anything with tempeh. And I just like big bowls with a giant sweet potato. I could eat that every single day for the rest of my life. I really love to make protein pancakes too. How do you make them? In the morning. It's just a mix of flour, baking soda, protein powder, vanilla extract, and you know maybe a little bit of salt. So you don't need anything to bind it to replace an egg or oil or no. anything? Really? Um, no. Is there oil? I don't think there's oil. It's like five ingredients. Yeah. They're amazing. I can find it. Was there a wet ingredient in it? It was, what was it? Water. Okay, water. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they're very, very simple, which makes me wonder why people have to put eggs in them because I didn't have to add an egg replacement. Wow. So you sound like a health food vegan, not a junk food vegan, but do you have any cheat meals or do you like any vegan ice creams or anything like that? Oh my goodness. Yes. So I will eat dinner really healthy. And then I will give myself dessert. I'm a big dessert person. I'm not going to say, Ooh, I'm going to, you know, have a cheat meal today and have a chicken sandwich or something. No, I'm going to have a really healthy dinner. And then I will eat half a carton of Ben and Jerry's fish food. 
<laughs> it is so good. I haven't tried that one. Oh my God. Ben and Jerry's knows what's up. I think they're taking almost all of their flavors and making them vegan. Like the yeah. list just keeps growing and growing and growing. Right now I have one in my freezer. It, it's a cookies and cream, but it's mixed with peanut butter also. Ooh. So good. And then there's another brand, which is hard to find, but it's the best I've ever had. I think it's by Planet Oat. It's oh. the same people that make the oat milk that Dunkin' Donuts uses, which oh. is my favorite in coffee. Uh-huh. It's chocolate peanut butter. I love chocolate and peanut butter mixed together. Yeah, same. So you like the Ben & Jerry's though. Yes, I really loved, I think they stopped making it, but Hagen dazs and I know that Hagen dazs uses white sugar, so a lot of people say that that's not vegan. I just yeah. learned about this from yeah. Jade. I yeah. had no idea. Tell us about that a little bit. Okay, so white sugar is technically not vegan because it is filtered through bone char to make it white. Mm-hmm. So Hagen dazs I actually don't know if Ben & Jerry's uses it, they must because they call it non-dairy and not vegan. I just learned something. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe that that's why. Most cannot say that it's certified vegan or call it vegan because there's these little tiny things that make it not, or they don't know exactly where they're sourcing something from, which brings us back to like the makeup products because right. they don't exactly know where it comes from. So yeah, the Haagen-Dazs was not technically vegan because it had white sugar run through bone char. The whole thing that started all your controversy was that you were under a dia sign in a picture yeah. when you made this post. Truth be told, I hate dia. Yeah, I think everyone does. I think it's the worst thing that ever happened to vegan cheeses. <laughs> I fully agree with you. And I was never a cheese person that aggressively when I wasn't vegan. But now I really like smoked Gouda and the yeah. Follow Your Heart cheeses, Miyoko's. And I started dating a guy who's mostly vegan. Him and I went to the grocery store and we were cooking something with cheese. I don't know what it was. And he was like, oh, I really love this Daya one. And I was like, you what? We have to break up now. <laughs> I was like, you, you what? And he's like, oh, yeah, I think this, this one's really delicious. What? And I pointed, I was like, but the Miyoko's, mm -hmm. the Follow Your Heart, come on, these ones, VO Life. Oh my God, VO Life yes. is so good. Yes. Yeah, it was, it was really interesting. He was the first person that was like, yeah, die. Ew, <laughs> it's like, this is where I leave you. <laughs> Clearly, I don't know how you like me because you have no taste. <laughs> oh, I hope he doesn't listen. <laughs> Although I did hear that Daya changed their recipe. Oh, did they? Okay. Maybe they got a little better. I don't know. But I have such a literal bad taste in my mouth from Daya. But I, I was going to ask you, what are your favorite cheeses? Because that's one of the hardest things mm. to get vegan. I feel like butter, milks, that's so easy. Mm -hmm. Cheese is a little bit more difficult. Yeah. You pretty much named all my favorites too. So yeah, I think the Follow Your Heart Smoked Gouda would definitely be on top. The reason why, as humans, we're so addicted to cheese, and mm -hmm. a lot of people don't even know this, basically there is an addictive ingredient in there that is in there to make the baby calf want to drink its mother's milk. So when you take cassian and you make cheese with it, it's, what's the word I'm looking for where it's like intensified, but that's not the word I'm looking for. But that cassian becomes- Addictive. Addictive, but when cheese is made. So as humans, when we eat it, we are literally being addicted to it in the way that is meant to happen to the baby calf so that the baby keeps drinking from its mother. Mm. So we truly are becoming addicted to the cheese. And that's why people are like, oh, I could never give up cheese. 
But if you give it up for like at least 21 days to a month, that addiction will go away. It'll Mm -hmm. come out of your system and you won't crave it anymore. And then you'll even look at it as something kind of disgusting when you know what it is. It is genuinely disgusting. Why do we look at other animals and just think of any way to use them and exploit them? Like, it doesn't matter what they are. We looked at bugs and we're like, yes, we're going to put you on our eyes. Mm -hmm. I want to drink these bodily secretions from another animal. Mm -hmm. Like, if you just think about it logically, drinking cow's milk, there's no difference to us as humans drinking cow's milk or drinking dog's milk or giraffe's milk. Would you drink the milk of any other animal? No, but you think it's okay to drink it from a cow just because you're conditioned to that. All it takes is a little light bulb to wake up and be like, oh, wait, yeah, that's gross, Mm. number one. And two, not necessary. Humans did not exist by drinking the milk of other animals. Like, that's not what we need. And we wonder why people are getting sick. You know, people that are so young are getting cancer. These alarming rates. Why are people sick all the time? What we're eating. We know why. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I have a personal question for you. One that I truly want to know the answer to. I did see that you were a really good horseback rider. Mm. Now, I also loved horseback riding. I didn't compete like you did, but it was one of my favorite things to do as a child because I love animals and I love having that connection with the animal. Since becoming vegan, I have not gone horseback riding and I'm kind of conflicted with it. Yeah. As a vegan, do we not do that? Is that exploiting the horse? Yeah. Horseback riding is not vegan. And this is very hard for me because horseback riding was my entire existence growing up. I was the horse girl my whole life revolved around it. There was, n- I mean, everything that I did for 20 something, 20 something ish years was related to a horse. So for me, I'm so connected to that community. And I have so many people that I love so dearly. And I know people who've gone to the Olympics that I'm like genuinely close to. And I watch them and I want them to succeed. And a lot of people have been very harsh with me in saying that if I don't condemn horseback riders that I'm not truly a vegan. And this is the hard moral thing where like I will openly say I don't condemn horseback riding. Yes, racing is wrong in my eyes. So unless they are an elite triple crown winner, Kentucky Derby winner, anything below that, they're sold off to slaughter. And usually they will be exported to a different country a lot of times it goes into dog food. So sad. Horses go into to glue. You know, those mm-hmm. are horse hooves. Gelatin, yeah. Horses are, are slaughtered at alarming rates, and a lot of them come from really poor racetracks, which is really sad. So unless they are elite high-level athletes that go on to usually be stud horses that have a stud fee, and that's why they keep them around because they're making so much money off of their stud fee. It's not like they're like, I okay. They definitely love their horses at that kind of a level, but there's always a monetary value behind it. So when the horse is no longer really making money and it's not financially reasonable, yes, they will be sold off to slaughter. But that is not the same in, like I was in English competitions, three-day eventing. They don't do that in three-day. They don't really do that in hunter jumpers. And hunter is not the same thing as going out and shooting animals. It's just a term in horseback riding hunters and jumpers. Anyone who knows horseback riding knows what I'm talking about. But other than that, no clue. But it doesn't matter. So is there a way to ethically go horseback riding? I don't think so. In a vegan mindset, 
no, because we should not have dominion over the animals. They're non-consenting. They don't like it. They have to be broken in when they're young. They have to be kind of abused to certain extents. You know, when they're two and you're first putting a saddle on them, they absolutely hate it. When you put somebody on them, they absolutely hate it. Like they don't want it and you break them down and force them into liking it. And in an ethical way of looking at animal rights, no. Okay. I will never go horseback riding again. That answers my question. But but for me, I dream about horseback riding. So do you not go anymore? I don't. I mean, for the like the financial reasons behind it, I'm not involved. It's just so expensive. But there is a little piece of me that's like, oh, just change your name and go be a go be a rich horseback riding wife. Like oh, <laughs> the dream. Well, take the financial aspect out of it, though. You, as an animal rights activist and vegan, would you ride horses now? Oh my goodness. Ugh. No, but yes, but no, but yes. Oh <laughs> no, I would say I would say no. These sacrifices that we make, some aren't easy. Mm-hmm. It just shows how selfless that you are. Even someone who wants a burger really bad, it's not that they don't want to eat it. They're doing it for the animal. Yeah. A lot of these decisions are selfless and there's a greater good. It's hard. That question yeah. was hard for me emotionally. <laughs> Aww. All right. Vanessa underscore Kingston Bach. Wow, that sounds like a really cool last name. name. It's a nice name. (laughs) You sound like royalty. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Yeah. Her question is, this might be a dumb question, but is it possible to be vegan and do keto? Oh, definitely not a dumb question. I don't believe so because I've had friends do keto and they will explain what it is they're eating. And like, I have a very good friend who does it every now and again. And she'll laugh and say, um, there's really nothing in keto that you could do. Like, they're just not the same. So I don't know the specific parameters of a keto diet, but I have heard that it is not vegan friendly. And I will just say that this specific friend who was doing keto was eating sticks of bacon as her breakfast. Mm -hmm. So let's just think keto through. I don't agree with it. That's absolutely absurd. Keto scares me because people will get results because they're depleting themselves of carbs. Their body is going into ketosis, which keto is short for, which means your body is then attacking the stored fat as its energy because it's not taking it from the carbs. You are not feeding it. So people will see results from it. And that's what's scary because you'll look at someone and like, oh, that person lost 50 pounds on keto. It must be great. I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. But I always tell people who go down that route. I actually, when I was a vegetarian before becoming vegan, I tried a vegetarian version of keto. Mm -hmm. And I was eating a ton of eggs and cheese and butter, all of the things. And Mm -hmm. fortunately, I thought I had a thyroid issue before I tried this keto thing. And so I went and I got my blood tested. Mm -hmm. So I had a full markup of all of my levels of everything Mm -hmm. prior to it. And then I do the keto and then I go back again to get my blood tested. uh My cholesterol was at an alarming level. The doctor had to talk to me about it. And I'm like, as a vegetarian, I never had high cholesterol. It's not an issue that we have. Mm. But because I added in all of those extra animal fats, the butter, the cheese, the eggs, my cholesterol went through the roof. Wow. So I just, I know for a fact, like I had the evidence right in front of me with my blood, how unhealthy it was taking in all of those animal fats. Yeah. So- Yes, keto will help some people lose weight, weight, but that 
doesn't mean that what's going on in your arteries. Right. Just because it looks better on the outside does not mean it's doing better on the inside. Yeah. And it's scary. I've seen photos of arteries of vegan, vegetarian, and meat eater. Mm -hmm. And the meat eater, like the blood can barely get through because of how clogged those arteries are. Okay. Next one is from QTHIS. Lots of Zs. (laughs) And her question is, any suggestions on what stores to find more vegan makeup? Oh, If you're shopping online, I would suggest for you to go to a website called Cruelty Free Kitty. She's a makeup blogger. And then there's also Ethical Elephant. Also, Cassandra Bankson on YouTube is vegan and cruelty free. So I think it's less about stores because you're going to have to dig through different brands because it's not like you can just go into one store and find everything that's vegan. If you are in LA, There is a store called the Detox Market on 3rd Street. Not everything is vegan, but it is a lot. There's a lot of vegan. I believe that they have Elia, which is a really good brand. Most of that is vegan. But I would definitely look at the vegan and cruelty-free makeup bloggers and then find what products you want from there and then go to, you know, Sephora or Ulta, wherever you're buying things. Cool. Okay, next one is from Katie, lots of E's, dot H. Your fashion sense is incredible. Who inspires you? Oh, thank you. You know, I get a lot of inspiration from recently vintage reworked Instagrams. I'm really obsessed with Frankie Collective and I am Coco. I have just become obsessed with their rework, like street style, like it's comfy, but it's cool. Really into that. I also go to a lot of music festivals. And so I really just like to kind of dress up like I'm in a video game (laughs) and just like take it fully as aggressively as I possibly can. I just think that's so fun. You DJ too, right? Yeah, it's my hobby. I don't like do it, but it's really fun. It's like a a creative outlet for me. Yeah. I love it. I'm a fake DJ. So Mm. I've DJed emo nights, but I truly do not know how to DJ for real. Okay. (laughs) I basically pick a playlist Mm. and play it on the laptop. Nice. 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 Yeah. 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 You and Alesso together. Yeah. (laughs) It's so funny. I've tried so many times to actually take lessons. I've taught myself a little bit Mm -hmm. and I can get by, but I really want to be good at it, you know? And so I've tried to take lessons and every, first of all, it's only men who give lessons for some reason. I can't find a female (laughs) teacher. Anyone that I've reached out to, they're flakes. Who would have guessed? Male DJs are flaky. No, (laughs) not in LA. No No way. (laughs) Okay, next question is from Megan Kimfam. What advice would you give to a title holder who is representing an area that doesn't fully accept them? I wonder... Do you mean that they don't fully accept you because you're vegan or because of something else? So I'm just going to, you know, go in like a broad way here. You're a title holder because you deserved it and you had something to say and you have a reason to be there. I think a lot of times in the pageant world, we feel like we have to be what the community wants of us. And a lot of people will say, I'm representing all the people and I want to be here for them. Yes, that's very altruistic of you. It's like, okay, we're representing our city, our state, our country, whatever. There is also an aspect where it is about you. You're allowed to be yourself. 
And that's what's important about pageants is that it is about who you are as an individual. And that's why you win because you have something that's about you that you want to talk about and everybody gets to choose what they want to fight for. That's getting a little bit messier in as pageants get more and more based on brand deals and sponsorships and product placements, which was a huge issue for me personally. But being able to realize that you were chosen for a reason or you're competing for a reason and whatever that is, you deserve to talk about it. And I had so many people say, well, you were the one who chose a cattle state and you were the one who knew that you went into this pageant and you were going to not wear leather shoes, da 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 You're right. I did. And I would stick to it and I would go back and I would do it all again, exactly the same, if not more aggressive, because that's why I did it individually. And I think that that's why I was able to get so much out of my pageant experience. Well, I have to say to that, I don't know any Miss USA, Miss America, Miss all the pageants. I don't know any contestants by name except you. So you made such an impact that I would just suggest this to anyone else is step out of those things that are expected of you or you're supposed to be this perfect puppet. What you did was so inspiring and left such an impression. I'm just so honored to even be talking to you because I just love what you did for the entire movement. And so to this girl asking the question, Maybe not care so much about what they think of you, whether you fit in or not, Mm. and just worry about being true to yourself Mm. and figuring out how you can maybe have that confidence to do that. How did you personally have that confidence to do that? There was a lot of fear that I had. And a lot of times I questioned what I was doing. There was a lot of times where I would share slaughterhouse videos and then I would delete it. And I would say like, this is too much. You're, You're being too much. You maybe this is too aggressive. And like, maybe you are really ruining things for other people. Cause people would say to me, like, you're really just messing this up for all the people around you and all the people that are involved in your team. You're making things so difficult and you're just being so toxic. Like I was labeled toxic. I had other people tell their title holders to stay away from me. There was so much negativity around it. I feel like for me in my outspokenness, I grew up loving fantasy movies. Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, and the whole premise behind them. And like, I, I was a very big reader growing up and I would read these fantasy novels where it would have somebody who had a thought that was very different and then they would just push through and they would push through. And that's kind of how I visualized my future to be is like, if I have something that I believe in, I'm just going to keep talking about it and keep talking about it. And I had so much support. I had so much support from the vegan community and so many people were on my side and it was great. And like when I would go out in Missoula where I lived, people would come up to me in the grocery store, at bars, at at protests. People would come up to me and they knew who I was because of what I was saying. And they'd be Mm -hmm. like, hey, I'm not vegan, but like, damn, kudos to you. They'd be like, okay, this is, this is doing something. I'm getting somewhere. And it's just like, You can have those doubts, and I definitely have those doubts a lot. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, this is it. This is right. It's what feels right. And you're going to look back, and you're going to be really stoked that you did everything that you could do. That's amazing. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I can go on forever. I'm going to stop myself because I think we're over an hour. But I do want to say I relate so hard on posting things and then taking them down. That's an issue for me because I would post everything Mm -hmm. if I could. Everything that I see, I want everyone else to see. Right. 
But I also know that you have to do it in doses. And if I'm going to put any slaughter footage or any a cow crying before it's going off to slaughter or, or whatever, if I'm going to mm. post anything, I know it has to be between two other things that aren't maybe a little bit more lighthearted. Yes. It yeah. needs to be because at some point people are just going to be like, I can't watch your stories anymore. Yeah. I've even had vegan friends unfollow me and I'm like, whoa, what's up? Are we good? And they'll be like, I cannot with your videos. So even the vegans sometimes. Wow. So I have to be like, okay, you need to chill out. Because for me, I'm like, another one, another one, another right? one. <laughs> so it's an important tightrope to walk because I always say I don't want to preach to the choir. I don't want yeah. just vegans following me who agree yeah. with me. I want people who have never heard these things before that we're talking about to be like, this is the first time I'm hearing it. But because you're vegan, that's not why I'm following you. I'm following you because I saw you in this or that or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you threw out this new piece of information and I'm open and receptive to it. Yeah, it's like it's more of an open door. Mm -hmm. Do you have any recommendations, maybe books or documentaries or anything that can help someone who is just getting into it? Yeah, um, biggest thing, if you're not yet vegan, for me, don't try to do it overnight. It will wreck you and you will eventually, if you're anything like me, have a meltdown and start crying because you can't find any food and nothing's filling you up and you're just not feeling good. So (laughs) take it in steps. Maybe write out a little map, you know, this week you're going to stop eating eggs. Then in two weeks you're going to stop eating dairy or maybe just cheese and then you're going to stop eating this. Have a plan for yourself and at the same time, have something to replace it with or find your favorite meal and be able to veganify that. So like for me, I actually really love Chinese food and I love kind of, this is going to be weird, but like I love the rip of some meat textured things. Mm -hmm. I love this brand called Vegetarian Plus. I can only find it at Whole Foods. They have a Kung Pao chicken that is phenomenal. And so that's what I put in so many of my stir fries. And that gives me that replacement of that kind of meaty rip apart taste wait i've never seen this is it frozen it's frozen and it's what was it called again it's called vegetarian plus but it is vegan i've never seen and it's with all the the meat the vegan meat Uh uh-huh i'm gonna have to look for it so it's green and it yes it's vegetarian plus and red and they have i think three different flavors and another one is like orange chicken and then i don't know mandarin chicken or something and then kung pao chicken and it is phenomenal Good to know. That's in Whole Foods, yeah. So I would not try to do everything overnight. For me, food is food is very important to me. I eat all day. And if I don't eat for more than a couple hours, I'm hypoglycemic. I will get really irritated. My blood sugar drops and I will cry. And shit just hits the fan. So being able to have items for me that keep me feeling good is the most important thing. Good to know. I love that. Documentaries, I am a person who gets shocked by things. So you're not going to tell me a bunch of statistics about the environment that's going to make me not eat animals. Like, yeah, that's super important. And I say that I'm an environmentalist too, and I do care a lot about the environment. But what will get a person like me there is Dominion. That was the roughest watch of all of them. Yeah. So that's free on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And it takes place in Australia. But it should be noted that it's the same practices everywhere. Yeah. They basically go through each animal, pig, for example, and they'll show you what is actually happening to each different animal. That's a tough watch. 
I think if it's a person similar to me, so I can Mm -hmm. only speak to my experiences and the things that work for me. And I am a person who does actually get impacted by shock factor. Okay. I don't need somebody to pat me on the back and be like, oh, you're doing so good. Even though I just talked about that with food and like being kind and gentle to yourself. But if you're going to get me to change my ways, you're going to need to really hit me hard because then I'll do it. I'll Mm -hmm. do it right away. Like I'm not going to go back. I watched videos of what was happening in the dairy industry eight years ago and I went yep no more yeah it's just it it's like it's that works for some people and if you are listening and you know that you can't handle really really intense videos and things that are going to really trigger you don't watch it watch you know forks over knives or something else or oh what was the one that Natalie Portman did that one was a lot more gentle eating animals is that what it is I didn't see hers I think but I think that's what it's called Yeah, that one's a lot more gentle. But yeah, Dominion will really kick you right in the ass. And I think a lot of people really need that. I think that we have this image of what happens in a slaughterhouse. And it's like, we walk them in and we give them a cuddle. And and they were free range and they're killed humanely, which by the way, you can't kill anyone humanely. (laughs) Right, right. It's like, let's... Let's show you the gruesome, horrific things that happen inside of a slaughterhouse. It's like what you're paying for. Right. Take responsibility. Not that anyone needs my respect or cares, but I would have more respect for someone who could watch, say something like Dominion Mm -hmm. and then say, no, I'm still going to eat meat. Mm -hmm. At least you understand what you're paying for. Yeah. I think the worst people, they say, I don't want to see it and I don't want to know. Right. Right. For contributing to this and you're not even going to give these animals a respect to watch what you're paying to have done to them. Mm -hmm. Fuck you. Sorry. It's like if, if you were just aware of it or ugh. yeah, because then it's like, how can you be aware and continue? Yeah, I mean, if they do, fine. But at least no, don't mm-hmm. be ignorant. Mm-hmm. Do not be ignorant to it. Yeah, don't turn away. Yeah. Uh, what else? Let me think. Game changers is a good one if you're uh-huh. interested in health mm-hmm. over animal welfare. Yeah, definitely. Game changers got a lot of men. Yes, totally. Cowspiracy, I think, is the one you were alluding to that you watched eight years ago. The one that I originally posted about in my story, the original story that caused the riot. I had posted a couple scientific studies, USDA things and here and there, and then info from Cowspiracy. Mm -hmm. And so they were like, Cowspiracy is wrong. And I mean, you know, a lot of people debunked Cowspiracy, whatever it is, but there is still a lot of correct information in there. So Mm -hmm. because there's so much money in agriculture. Yeah. So much money in Washington and lobbyists. It's insane. Biden just gave a billion dollars to animal agriculture because it's failing. It's and they keep getting these subsidies, which unfortunately, is not allowing supply and demand to work as it should. The, oh my gosh, the conundrum of people who support the free market and capitalism and yet continue to support government subsidies. It's like that is the biggest bailout you mm-hmm. could have. Let it fail. Yeah. Let it fail. What are we doing? Let's transition all of those farmers into plant-based farming. We don't need to let them personally fail. We can transition them. I think actually it is Natalie Portman's documentary. I hope I'm saying it correctly, Eating Animals. And she talks about this. This is actually the angle of the documentary, which is why it wasn't super duper impactful for me because they go around to different ranches and they talk to the farmers about how financially broken they are and they have to stay in this system. And there'll be ranchers with like Tyson and they will be so indebted to Tyson, they cannot get out. 
I feel like I've seen this documentary that you're talking about too. I saw Eating to Extinction. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that That's one is more, one. that one's more environmentally yes. based. Yeah. That was amazing. Seaspiracy. Yeah. That's so timely right now. I feel like that's the most urgent issue right now is what's happening in our oceans. I completely agree. I would suggest everybody watch Seaspiracy, which is the one that Tony Robbins makes a little appearance in. Was it Seaspiracy or was it Eating to Extension? He tells a story about how he was mostly vegan, but was just eating fish every day. Mm -hmm. And then he got really sick and he was at an event. His doctor called. I guess, got in touch with his manager and was like, no, this is immediate, urgent. You need to tell Tony his mercury levels are through the roof. Mm. And then that's when he realized he couldn't eat fish anymore because of the mercury poisoning. I think that's eating our way to extinction. Okay. And then a podcast I would recommend is one that I just heard recently earlier in the episode we were talking about Earthling Ed. His name is Ed Winters. He actually just came out with a book. You know the name of the book? It's Vegan this Propaganda. This is Vegan Propaganda, and other lies the meat industry will tell you. There you go. <laughs> we don't love Earthling Ed at all. <laughs> We're not stands. <laughs> so he was on Jay Shetty's podcast, On Purpose is the name of the podcast. Uh-huh. If you haven't heard it, or if anyone listening hasn't heard it, it was probably the most informative, most compelling podcast episode I've ever listened to in my life. Whoa. And it's by two phenomenal men, Jay Shetty, who wrote Think Like a Monk, mm. and Earthling Ed. I recommend that episode to everybody. Wow. I would like to ask all of you listening, go listen to that podcast or watch one of these documentaries that we've suggested and then get in touch with me or get in touch with Marissa and tell us your thoughts. The thought doesn't have to be, okay, I immediately went vegan. Mm -hmm. I'm curious. Mm -hmm. If after watching this or listening to this, if there are still things holding you back, let me know what they are. I'm very curious. Or let Marissa know, is there anything we can do to help you? Or if you have questions or anything you need, can I tell people they can reach out to you too? Oh, absolutely. Please. Okay. Oh my goodness. I am very curious about people's thoughts. I want to hear more. I want to yeah. hear more legitimate arguments for it, I guess. If the majority of the world is going to continue on, there better be a damn good reason why we're all going to lose our planet in 20 years. Right. Rather than, mm, I just don't want to. Yeah. Like, is that seconds of taste worth it? If you have children, is it worth it that they're not going to have a planet to live on? You know, is, is that worth it? Come on. Yeah. I know. I just had this really intense thought where I was like, it is so extreme the way that we have to kind of expand our thought to fully understand the magnitude that because we want to continue eating McDonald's and ice cream when there's perfectly good other alternatives, we're just like, yeah, I'm going to watch the world burn because this tastes better, even though the other option is exactly the same, but this still tastes better to me. Just, give me a good excuse, please. Somebody give me a good, genuine argument against it. This is my challenge to people listening. I don't want to hear about, wait, 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 it tastes so good and I just don't care. Give me a valid reason. Yeah. I just got really riled up. <laughs> me too. I mean, you're, you're my first vegan guest. So I'm like, I need to take it down. I'm so excited to actually talk to somebody like minded that I could go on forever, but I'm going to try to wrap it up. Mm -hmm. Where can people find you? <laughs> so like I said, I only have one social media account and it is Instagram. It's at Marissa, which is M-E-R-I-S-S-A dot Underwood. 
like Carrie and I'm on Instagram and I'm very good at responding. So please send me a message. I promise you I will answer. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being my first vegan guest. I knew I wanted a special one on here and you definitely filled that spot. Thank you. And thank you guys for listening. White shirt, now red, my bloody nose sleeping. Yeah, on your tippy toes creeping around like no one knows. Think you're so criminal. Bruises on both my knees for you. Don't say thank you. Oh, please, I do what I want when I'm wanting to. My so, so cynical. So you're a tough guy, like you're really rough guy Just can't get enough guy, just always so puff guy I'm that bad type, make your mama sad type Make your girlfriend mad type, might seduce your dad type I'm the bad guy Duh